Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross Culture Church in Houston, Texas. You know, December 25th, I used, I was always wondering, you know, why December 25th? And a lot of people go, well, you know, it was not, not really December 25th. It was probably, other people say it was September the 11th, right? And then, uh, you know, you have this constellation from Revelation 12 that happened supposedly on September 11th of, of when the, the time when Jesus was born. And so it had to have been that time because the, 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 that's what it says there. And then all these planets aligned. And, but anyway, we got December 25th because of um, supposedly Jewish tradition where they said when somebody died, a prophet died, that he, that he would have been conceived at the same time, the same day he died. It was, I don't know if you want to call that superstition or what, but it was Jewish tradition. And so the early church thought he died in March 25th. So they said he would have been conceived in March 25th. And um, it would have been nine months after that. And that's how we got December 25th. And so, and by the way, we, we were celebrating, the church was celebrating December 25th long before the Romans ever said, hey, let's make it a holiday. So we didn't get that from the Romans, as a lot of people say. So anyway, um, you know, I, this is what an amazing thing, really, to remember Christmas. I don't think anything's wrong with it at all. Some people are like, hey, you should, we shouldn't celebrate Christmas. The Bible doesn't tell us to. Well, you know, Jesus celebrated Hanukkah, didn't he? And the Bible didn't tell him to. You know, but there's nothing wrong with it, right? He, God didn't tell us to celebrate birthdays, and we do. You know what I'm saying? I think it's a good thing to remember Christmas. We remember what Christ did. I mean, it's a miracle. Think about what happened. God became one of us. Is that not crazy? God became one of us. Um, and why would he want to do that? that? I mean, why in the world would God want to become one of us? Right? He does that because he's, uh, <laughs> you know, because of his love. Because he had to become a man, live as a man. He showed us while he was here, by the way, what God's like. And if you want to know what God's like and things you can't quite understand in the Old Testament, look at Jesus's ministry. Look at how he exemplified God. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So when you see his love, when you see him always reaching out to people, always helping the hurting, helping sinners get out of their sin, help people untangle their lives and figure out life and, and, you know, and understand how to go forward. That's the Father's heart. And when he shares the parable about the, the father whose son goes away and then he comes back and he's embracing the prodigal son, that's, he's expressing what the father's heart is. God loves us so much. It doesn't mean there won't be a judgment. There definitely will. It, it doesn't mean that, that they're not those that have spurned God, resisted God, and God's like, okay, you, you've said no to me, and, and they're standing in the way of God that he won't deal with. And I, I believe God does things like that. And, but does that are, and we should see that part of God. But God's heart for us is love. Think about him sending his son and Jesus becoming one of us. That's amazing. God became one of us. And then he, he died a painful, shameful death for us. It's just, it's an amazing story. But anyway, the promise of this coming of the Messiah was, was many times given to us in the Old Testament. Isaiah 9, 6 says, For unto us a child is born, 
Unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and sustain it with justice and righteousness from that time and forevermore. And Isaiah seven fourteen says, The Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. So, we want to look at the Christmas story today. There's so many truths in this Christmas story. It's a, it's a great story. I love the story. And, um, you know, we're going to get into part of it today and get into more of it next week, which would be, I guess, December 26th. But we can still, it's not illegal to talk about Christmas after Christmas, is it? Um, so, anyway, let me just read this uh, beginning in Luke. You might wonder uh, where the Christmas story is. And most, most of the time, people use the, the book of Luke to read the Christmas story. So it says this in Luke chapter 1, verse 5. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, and were blameless. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God, in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to him to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. So he's going in, he's chosen, it's his time by lot, to, to carry the incense. And the incense is what? It's representing prayers unto the Lord. They did that morning and evening. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. And the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and shall be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And then he, he talks a little bit more about the call on him. says um, he, he's going to go in the spirit and power of Elijah. So there's that word of Elijah already right there that we notice Jesus talks about later. And he says, what's the purpose there? To turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. Man, what a powerful thought there. This spirit that was working in him that works in the when revival is working is turning the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. And it makes the people ready and prepared for the Lord. 
And Zacharias said to the angel, how shall I know this? How do I know what you're saying is true? How do I know this is really going to happen? I'm old and my wife's old. In other words, he's going, this can't happen. How am I going to know this is going to happen? And the angel answered and said to him, I'm Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you'll be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. Then the people waited for Zacharias. They marveled. He was taking so long in there. What is he doing? You know, and then when he came out, he couldn't speak. And they, they realized he must have had a vision. And he was beckoning. He was making signs like trying to explain what happened, right? But um, couldn't do it. I think that must have been a, a, funny, a funny thing that happens. He goes in there like just a normal time, you know, he's going to go. Um, bring the incense before the Lord. It's going to go up before God. And um, an angel comes. And, you know, when he comes out, the people, he's, he's, he comes out, he's late, and he can't talk. And he's just, he's making these motions. Again, I just think it was, you must, you'd probably be going, what in the world happened to that man today, right? And, of course, it's going to end up being a sign for everybody. Because also when his voice came back, it was at a certain time. And it's sort of like, wow, God has, God's doing something here. But anyway, getting back to this initial story, initial part of the story, I just want to highlight a few things so far. Um, first of all, what impresses me already, already about this story is how God orders our steps when we are following him. When we're following the Lord, the Bible made a point of saying here, that they were living righteously before God. Does this mean every single thing they did was right? Does this mean they never said a, a word out of a... Maybe, I mean, it doesn't mean they're perfect, but it means they were living their lives to honor God and do right. They lived in the fear of the Lord. If they messed up, they got it back right with the Lord, right? And it, they were living their lives unto the Lord best they could. And when you do that, God orders your steps. The Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. That to me means he's directing your paths. It also means he's going to be opening up doors for you. Uh, you're going to be in the right place at the right time. And this is exactly what's happening with Zacharias. He's there that day and the lot falls to him to go in and burn the incense. Now, it might just seem like it's happening, but let me tell you, this is divine. It's a setup from God. Now, you can't, as a priest, you can't get this happen to you, but one time, and he's older in his life, he's never had it. Once it happens, you say, oh, no, you got to do that. Remember, that happened a few years ago. You were the one. You don't get to do that again. We let these other, other people have opportunity, right? His, his whole life as priest, he's not had this happen to him. Maybe he's thinking, maybe I'll never get to go. Sometimes some of these younger guys, they end up, the lot falls to them. But today, the lot falls to him. Let me just say, it's not by chance. It looks like it's by chance, but it is a divine setup. Not only that, it was a divine setup that the thing never came to him all the years until then, right? The years when he's going, why doesn't it come to me? Why don't I get my opportunity? Why doesn't the lot fall to me? All those years when it never came, 
Let me just say, devils of God just as much as the day when the light came to him. Amen? Amen. Good morning. <laughs> yes, so anyway, that's such a blessing to think about that. God orders your steps. God will open up doors for you when it looks like doors will not open. Let me just tell you, your time is in God's hand. Timing is in God's hand. The doors are in God's hand. All you need to do is walk with God. Live before the Lord like they were doing. Get your life right with God and put your steps where God wants you to be. You see, God's going to line your steps up. You are going to be in the right place where you need to be. How many times do you think they were just asking each other, hey, do you think we did something wrong? Do you think we didn't pray? Do you think God's not pleased with us? You know, did we not pray hard enough? And God's like, I'm going to open up the door at the right time. Trust me. Don't look to you and your imperfections. Trust me. Amen. This is an amazing thing because God will definitely open up doors. I love what he said to this little church in, the, in Revelation. He says, I know you just have a little power. I know you seem small. But let me just say, I have placed before you an open door and nobody can shut that door. When God opens up a door, nobody can shut it. Nobody can shut it. You got to get that in your mind, in your heart, because God wants you to walk by faith, you see? Now, you need to be willing to walk through the door when God opens up the door. But, and, and that means you, we need to be in faith, we need to be trusting God, because sometimes the doors can be like, whoa, that's too big, I think I'll just stay where I am. God just is like, when I open up a door, nobody can shut it, but you still have to go through it. But anyway, I love this. So I just want to mention right here, I believe this is so pertinent because I have begun to see so many doors open up for people that I know and people connected to this ministry um, where I believe it's the Lord promoting. It's God's season of bringing people into new things. And I love that. I love that that's happening. And um, I like to see it. So I want to encourage you today, wherever you are, have your heart and your mind ready with God. If you're not walking with the Lord, get your life lined up with God. If something's not lined up, that can hinder you from, from the door opening or from God's, you, because you won't be ready, you see, and, and God's not pleased with that, right? If you know something's not right with God, get it right. But be expecting God to open up doors. You don't know when, so you have to always be ready. It might be next week. It might be next year. You don't know when the door might open. But I just want to tell you, God is the one that opens doors that no man can shut. No man can stand in front of your promotion. You know, that's what it's saying. When God's ready to bring you into something new, there is nobody that can stop it except you. Right? Praise God. And I believe there's a blessing coming for so many. Second thing he did, we see here that just impresses me. Here he is. He's the priest. He's gone there. And he, he's old, right? And, and the, Gabriel goes, your prayers have been heard. Your prayers have been heard. I love that, right? Now, what he's saying or what we get from that, Gabriel showed up because this man had been praying, okay? 
He's been asking God for something. God wants you to ask Him for something. The Bible says in um, Psalm 37, 3, Trust in the Lord with all your, you know, and, and all your heart. Do good. Dwell in the land. Cultivate His faithfulness. That means you just keep on. You keep being faithful. You keep doing your part. You keep walking with the Lord. Enjoy His faithfulness. Even when things are not happening, what are you doing? You're going, oh, I'm enjoying God. He's faithful. Yes, but things aren't going right for you. Oh, I don't care about that. I don't care what it looks like. I'm just trusting in God. Things are going to work out. I'm enjoying life because things are going to look out. What are you doing? You're, you are enjoying God's faithfulness, aren't you? And you're also cultivating your faithfulness. Why? Because you're not going here. You're not going there. You're staying connected with God every day. You might be tempted to run over here and run over there. Do things this way. Do things that way. Do it your own way. Oh, God's not coming through. I'm going to go do it for myself. No, you're, you're developing your faithfulness as you're trusting in God's faithfulness. I'm going to keep walking this walk. I think it's going to work out this way. I don't really know, but I just know God's going to be good and God's going to bless me and God's going to take care of me and it's going to be good. Amen. Amen. God likes for things to be good. You remember when he created Adam? He was like, this is good. This is good. This is good. And then he got to one point. He goes, hmm, it's not good that it's this way. And what did he do? He fixed it. Didn't he? Things that are good, they happen. Sometimes, and I would just say you have to think about this, not good is on the way to God's best. Are y'all with me? You've got to go through things that are not good to get to God's best. Adam had to go through a season of not good. And that's the only way he could have gotten to God's best. Does that, does that make sense? If he had never had not good and Eve was there at the beginning, it would have not been as good as it ended up being. Anyway, I'm just saying God likes to fix things in our lives. And when things are not good, God wants to get in there and make them good. He wants to fix our lives, fix our hearts, fix our minds, fix our situations, fix our finances, fix our relationships. God likes to fix things. All right? Now, that doesn't mean he's going to compromise to fix things. He doesn't want, he's, you know, I hope you understand that. But we have to do things God's way and go, God, now you just fix things because I know you like things to be good. Amen? And in the time to come, do you think in heaven, there's things going to say, now, there's not good, you know, no, he likes everything good. And heaven is not messed up. Eternity is not messed up. And praise God, eternity is a long time. We're going to be in that situation a long time. I just, I'm just amazed at our existence and what is for us forever, forever. Life may have many trials down here, but it's all about Learning to walk, it's all about trusting. It's not about you being successful. God says, it's about you trusting. If you trust, I'll make you do well. I'll bring you what you're supposed to be doing. But if you put that first, you're going to live a life all frustrated. And when you get it, it's going to be like a mouthful of mud. Trust me, do things my way. And then when I bless you, it's good. And you're going to enjoy it. And it won't mess your life up. Anyway, this happened. This happened. Gabriel's here is because, because of prayer. And I didn't finish Psalm 37. It says, it says, cultivate faithfulness, delight yourself in the Lord, enjoy the Lord. 
and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to him and he will do it. What does it mean to commit your way to God? It's to say, God, order my steps. God, I'll do what you want to do today. Lord, take my life, put it in your hands. You ought to pray that prayer continually. That ought to be in your mouth regularly, like every day. God, my life's in your hands. Do, do with me what you want. But you know what else they're doing? You're saying, Lord, these are, these are my dreams. And I would just say, when you're following the Lord, sometimes we have dreams that are not of God, right? But when we're following God, God begins to put dreams in our hearts, right? And guess what? If we're walking with the Lord, we want those things so much. And we begin to pray and pray and pray. It's because God put that in our hearts. Whenever I got saved, man, I can remember there was something I prayed for for years. And I thought back later and I go, why did I pray for that so hard, so long, so strong? You know, how could I have done that? And it dawned on me. It had to be God. God put that in me as a desire. And I just prayed it strong continually. And I wanted, let me just say this. When you're walking with the Lord, you're going to begin to desire what God wants you to desire. You're going to begin to pray the very things God wants you to pray because you are connected with him and it just begins to happen in you, through you, because that's the life of God on the inside of you. And I just want to stir that up more and more in everybody. Man, there's such a dream that God has for everybody. There's a desire. It might look small to somebody else, but to you it's not. That's the precious thing you have. I can remember sometimes when I'd be, you know, uh, those of you that might not be familiar with the charismatic world, you know, every once in a while there'll be meetings and people will be prophesied over. And I can remember sometimes having somebody who knew nothing about me whatsoever, you know, I'd be called up to the front or something and they give me this word. I'd be blown away. I just like because they would hit everything that was amazing to me. And it was amazing. They would said that they would have said that. And I thought everybody else would be going, wow, that's an amazing word. And it's like oh, what they said, you know, sort of like. And of course, later you hear it and you realize to somebody who didn't know what you're going through. And what you'd been thinking, that was just a like real simple word. You understand what I'm saying? It's like it's like a little encouragement. But the exact things they said were the exact things that I was going through. So so it blew me away. You see, it was big to me. And what I'm just saying is what might seem small to somebody else might be huge to you because that's your life. Those are your dreams. Those are the things that are precious to you. And you see, God plants something special, unique and different in every single one of us. And I am so convinced that every man of God, every woman of God has those dreams in life. They've been called to do something. Praise God. Or called to dream things, called to pray things. Amen. If, if, you're, if you're still in the earth, your time's not up. God's giving you dreams. Amen. If today's your day to go with the Lord, maybe your dreams are over. I don't know. I'm just saying if you've got time here in the earth, you're going God has something for you to connect with. Amen. And it's and it's good. Don't let anybody pull you out of that. All right. So you need to be praying those prayers. And here from what it says, the reason why he showed up was because he had prayed. Let me say this. A lot of the reason why we get our breakthroughs in life and things happen, it's because we ask God. We ask it doesn't just randomly happen. 
It happens because somebody prayed, right? Gabriel's like, I'm here. You're getting ready to get blessed because you prayed. All right? Praise God. So just let me encourage you today <laughs> to be praying. Now, Zacharias, what does he say? Th this is a crazy thing. Gabriel shows up. I don't know what Gabriel looks like, but he's an angel. I'm guessing he's got glory coming out of him. I don't know what he's looking like here, too, because we know they can take different forms. So he's here. Boom. An angel shows up in this place. And it's Gabriel. And the angel says something to him, tells him he's going to get blessed. He acknowledges a word. Your prayers are going to be heard, and this is going to happen. Do y'all realize when he says that, he's telling this man something he already knows. In other words, he's going, wow, I have been praying that. You know, we were wanting that, and we did dedicate him to da 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 but then what does he say? He goes, how do I know this is going to happen? How do I know this is hap going to happen? Now, let me just say that is expressing doubt. Is that not true? Now, the Bible says if you ask for something, James says this, and doubt is just as good as not even asking. Is that right? He said, you have to believe God when you pray that he'll give you what you ask him for, right? And so here he is, even when the angel speaks it to him. Now, imagine what it's like to, if he was at home praying, which I don't think he was praying by this time. And he's getting a subtle inspiration. I'm going to do. Do you think he'd believe that? No. An angel is telling him straight to his face, it's going to happen. And he doesn't believe it. That's amazing. I mean, think about that. That's pretty amazing. So, so I just want to make this point. What must have happened? What I believe happened is when they were younger and they really wanted a child, God was the one who gave them the dream for that child, right? So they were, they were believing for this child. They were, you know... Um, holding on to God, God, give us a child, God, give us a child. And, um, and then I, I believe they begin to pray even more fervently for the child. Um, you know, I think, I think that they, they probably begin to pray the way Hannah prayed. This is what I think happened, you see. You see, God was all into this. So they started praying when they're younger. They didn't get, as they started getting a little older, you know, they, they still didn't have the child. All their friends are having children when they're 16, 17, 18 back then. You know, got married very early. And they are not having children. They're getting older and go older. They keep praying for children. And now, now they're starting to get more and more desperate, right? So what are they doing? They're starting to say, God. Now, now ask yourself, have you ever been desperate in prayer? You, sometimes you start to make deals with God. You, anybody ever done that? So they start to make deals with God. God. If you give us a child, we'll dedicate him to you. God, if you give us a child, he'll serve you forever. Do y'all remember Hannah in the Old Testament? 
she had a dream, right? And what did she begin to do? She began to pray, and she got so desperate one day. And she says, God, if you give me a child, he'll be yours. I'll take him and leave him in the temple. And God goes, yes. And she knew her prayer was answered. <laughs> That's a funny thing to me, right? But God made her barren. So, and he, why? Because he wanted her to pray that prayer. This is what I believe happened to um, Zacharias. They were getting older. And then, and then they began to pray more like that. God, we, he'll be yours. We'll raise him this way. We dedicate him to do this for you. And God said yes. The reason why I believe that too is because of the call of God on his life, right? The, the angel says, um, here's your son and he's going to do. Okay, back. let me back up. We've heard your prayer. You're going to have a son and he's going to be dedicated to do this, this, and this, right? We've heard your prayer and so what? You're going to have a son and he's going to do. That's why I believe he prayed that dedication. You see what I'm saying? But guess what? Hannah knew her prayer was answered. Zacharias didn't. God answered him when he was praying probably years earlier, and he never knew it. I think that's an amazing thing. So I just, I felt to encourage people with this. I remember as I was writing this down, there's some of you who have prayed for things in the past. You asked, you believed. Now, maybe there's some things you realize you were praying that was off. That wasn't, that wasn't God's will. But there's other things, dreams that God gave you, things put, God put in your heart. You prayed, you asked for, and I believe God said yes, but you just haven't seen it yet because it's not time yet. The time hasn't come for you to see it. I want you to be encouraged. Some of you might be like this couple right here, sort of like, the window's passed, you know, it's too late, uh, too much time's gone by, you know, it's probably never going to happen anymore. Let me just encourage you, you don't, you don't know what God might do, but how many times has God waited until natural hope was gone before he did something? In fact, I would say for so many believers, we get little things happen all the time. The greatest some of the greatest, I won't say just one thing, but the greatest things that we have happen in our lives will be in those areas where it looked like all natural hope was gone. And all that's left is now you just have to trust in God because you can't do this on your own. Zacharias and Elizabeth, you've already done all you can do on your own. Now I'm going to get involved and you're going to have a baby and you better believe it, right? And then what happens? Guess what happens then? Well, you don't have to guess. We just read it. The, he go, after he speaks and goes, I can't believe that. How do I know it's true? What does the angel do? He shuts his mouth. He says, you're going to be mute. Look at that. You're going to be mute and, mute and not speak until the day these things take place. Wow. Okay. Okay. Because you didn't believe my words. 
God's wanting to do a miracle. He's going to bless this man with the miracle. The man says a word of doubt against it. And it so is wrong. God judges it right then. He still loves the man. But what he says, what comes out of his mouth is so dangerous. It's so contrary to what God wants to do. He shuts it right then. He says, this is not going to come out of your mouth one more time. And, and why did he make him mute? Why didn't he just rebuke him? I don't know. But what he's doing is telling every single one of us the importance of not letting negative words of doubt come out of your mouth because they are spiritually powerful and they will come against what God's going to do. He says, you're not going to open up your mouth one more time until this baby is born. Until it's done, then I'll let you talk. What a message for us, truly. And I, I just want to say, negative, doubting words often sound like reasoning and wisdom. But you see, there's nothing wrong with r- reasoning, is there? Right? Nothing. But when it's contrary to faith and what God is speaking, you need to be able to discern the difference between faith and reason. And when God is saying something, your reasoning needs to submit to faith. Are y'all with me? How many times I've been in situations when God wanted to do something and everyone thought it was so wise and mature to say things that are just reason. And it's not that you could never have said reason, but you'd feel that spirit of doubt and fear in it, right? It's, it's so communicative when that comes out. It just hits you the wrong way. You know, you can have, you can have something in you that God's called you to do, and the enemy can speak through another person one of the, the most negative words, and it just hits you, and it goes on the inside of you. And if you listen to it, it will kill the faith on the inside of you. I don't think that God wanted Elizabeth to hear any negative word. In fact, somehow I'm sure that Zacharias communicated to her, when I said even a negative word about that, boom, he made me mute. And I bet she's going, oh, I'll never say one negative word. I'm going to believe, right? So anyway, I just want you to think a little this morning because um, God, this happens all the time. You remember at Kadesh Barnea when they were at the, the border of Israel getting ready to go in and they saw the giants? What happened? Ten leaders began to speak negatively about what's getting ready to happen. Oh, they're too big for us. We can't go in. What is that? Reasoning. It's earthly wisdom, right? It makes common sense. But God had said we're going in. Yes, that's good reasoning. Yes, that's common sense. But the problem is it's against God. The problem is it's full of fear. The problem is it's full of doubt. There's no victory in your words, right? And so those words went out so strongly to everybody. And from 10 words, everybody was filled with doubt. It killed everybody's dream. God-given dream to go into the promised land. Dead, they never made it in. The only two that made it in were the two leaders that said, 
We shall go in. It doesn't matter how big the giants are, how well trained they are. God is able to bring us in. Those words, powerful. They were powerful and they brought them in. Amen. But the words that were spoken of doubt killed the very promise of God. Anyway, I just want you to think through for your life. Man, do I speak doubt in my life? Am I a negative person? Am I Eeyore? Y'all remember Eeyore? Eeyore always saw the worst in every situation. Uh, I don't know. I was talking to my sister about an aunt of mine recently. And um, I always tried to remember to never ask her, how are you doing? Because if I said, I won't say her name. Maybe my cousins will watch one time. If I ever, but they don't know who she was. If, she, if, if I ever said, Aunt, da, 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 how are you doing today? I'd go, oh, okay, I just said it. I just said it. She go, the first thing, first word she's going to say is, well. And she's going to say it this way. Well. And then it's going to go on and on. And it's going to be a long time. And it's not positive. And I'm going, and I'd go, I'd be sitting there going, I can't believe I asked her that again. I just remember that. But anyway, uh, we can, we can get a ha- in the habit of saying negative things. And part of the reason that we do it, I think, is because we're trying to protect ourselves. You ever hear somebody like, oh, I don't want to hope. I don't want to hope because I don't want to get let down. We like prepare ourselves for failure. And I tell you what we're doing is we're paving the road for failure. So rather than do that, we should be willing to keep speaking words that are positive. And if it looks like failure happens, even in that, keep being positive. Keep, and when I say positive, I'm talking really more than just positive words. I'm talking about something beyond positive. You see, positive is one level good. Oh, I'm going to make it. But that's not so bad. But what God wants us to say is, I'm going to make it because of God. That's a big that's a big difference than just being positive. I'm going to make it because God's with me. I'm going to make it because I'm following the Lord. I'm going to make it because he's going to help me. Right. And we can be completely confident in that. Just you saying I'm going to make it because I have a positive attitude. It, you know, I'm telling you, I'd rather have a positive attitude than a negative. But I'm just not going to be satisfied just having a positive attitude because that's sort of like an affront to God. I'm going to do it. No, I'm going to do it in God because God's with me. God strengthens me. God helps me. I don't want to be a prideful person and say, hey, look what I did with my life. In fact, that won't ever happen with me anyway. I'm not that talented to ever make something happen like that. But anyway, he, he should have used Joshua and Caleb as an example. All right, and then we see, then we see uh, this story with Mary. And uh, that's in Luke 1, beginning in 26. And it says this, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin. And this is the same Gabriel, all right? There's only one Gabriel that we know of in Scripture. Uh, That's the angel. And so um, he sent to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. Now, when you're betrothed back then, you need to understand they're engaged. But it was just as good as husband and wife in the sense of the commitment, okay? They weren't living together, sleeping together, physical in any way. But the commitment was already there as if they were husband and wife, right? Um, So um, the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, 
Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and was considering what kind of greeting is that? You know, what in the world did that guy say to me or that angel say to me? Then the angel said, don't be afraid because you found favor with God. Behold, you're going to conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He'll be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. Whoa, can you imagine hearing that? And you're like a 14 year old girl. I mean, that's like, whoa, out of the blue. Man, I would just want to say sometimes God will hit you with a blessing just out of the blue, the way he did Zacharias, the way he did Mary. It's like your season changes immediately. One day you're walking around, skipping to school or doing whatever she was doing and, you know, enjoy going to the market like she always did. Life seems different. I mean, the same is nothing different from day to day. And then, boom, God shows up in a suddenly day in your life. I just think that's remarkable. And that happens so many times in Scripture where God showed up one day. And, of course, we see it with Zacharias. We see it with Mary. We see it with Moses. We see it with Gideon. I mean, it happened to so many people where God showed up just like that in a day. And God can do an amazing thing in a day. He can speak to you in a day. He can visit you in a unique way in a day. He can give you an amazing dream the way he does with Joseph and the way he did with Solomon and the way he did with this Joseph, her husband, right? I mean, who knows what might happen today? Who knows what might happen this afternoon or tonight when you go to sleep in your dreams? God can come and visit you. You never know when God might show up. And that is an exciting thing. And it doesn't matter that it's been 14 years or whether it's been like Zacharias, who knows how many years, 50 years, I don't know. And you've never had that happen. God can do it. And not only that, I believe it's going to be so commonplace. But anyway, where was I? Yes, I think down here around verse 32. And he's going to be great. And he's going to be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he'll reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Of his kingdom, there will be no end. Amen. The Bible says in the Old Testament, of the increase of his government, there will be no end. And do you recognize that there has been an increase of the government of God ever since way back then. That's the way it works. So anyway, and then it says, And Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. See, she didn't know that until right then. She was going to give birth to the Son of God. I mean, it's like, what I mean, what a crazy word you got that day, right? Now, if Zacharias is going, how can I know what you're saying is true? You think she ought to, because this is crazier than his word. You understand what I'm saying? But anyway, and he goes, and indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. 
And she's already now in the sixth month. She's the one who was called barren because with God, nothing is impossible. And then Mary says this. Again, an amazing word. She's not going, oh, I just can't believe that. That's, that can't happen. I mean, think about this. How many of us, if God gave us some kind of crazy, some word that seems crazy, we'd, we'd say, oh, that just can't happen. Zacharias said that. Again, and his is less crazy than this. She says, behold, here I am. This servant of the Lord. Now, I want us to say this. I don't think she was necessarily excited about it. When she says this, she says, behold, the servant of the Lord. I'm willing to do that if that's what you want me to do. Do you see what I'm saying? I'm the servant of the Lord. Let it be done. Let it be done. I let it be done according to your word. And that's what the angel wanted. He didn't, ever, he didn't have to say, you're not going to talk until it happens. <laughs> he leaves right then. Okay, so there's some really powerful lessons in, in this part of the story as well. First of all, I just, I just want to mention here, here, here again, an angel is sent. That's God's common way. God's sending angels back and forth all the time. You remember angels are going up the ladder with Jacob, up the ladder, down the ladder. Angels are going before God and receiving commands and being sent out by God all the time. And I love that. Do you know angels are sent on your behalf? We don't you normally see them, but they're sent. And she's a woman. Another thing we notice, she's a woman who's betrothed. Okay, she's in verse 27, a woman, excuse me, a virgin betrothed. This was a special time in her life. And this was so key. She needed to be a woman betrothed, right? She's not had sexual relations with a man. She's betrothed. It's like she's married, but she's not married yet. She's in a situation where she's not had relations with a man. And yet she's going to be married. Do y'all see what I'm saying? So it's, there's no question Jesus is born of a virgin. She'd never been with a man when Jesus was born. But guess what? She was born, he, he was born into family. You know why? God loves family. He loves family. And I, I just want to just say this. So this is so important to God. Family is so important to God. And I, this statistic probably isn't right, but I, w- I was reading a statistic just this past week of the low level of people, a percentage of people that are actually that have their fathers in their home, their birth fathers in their home. It was like twenty percent. I'm like, what? Can that? That's probably a bad, not a right figure, but whatever it is, it's low. And um, there is so much pain. So much hurt because of broken marriage, marriages, broken homes, and things aren't right. I just want to say whether you've come out of a broken marriage, a broken home, whether your father wasn't at home, that's not the way God intends it. You see, with Jesus, it's a difficult situation. 
Mary has to be pregnant before she's married, but she hasn't had relations. This is okay. That's the one case ever, right? But, but what does God do? He makes sure Jesus is in a family. And, and again, I just want to share and just say, God understands if you've been through a broken marriage. I mean, what pain that has to bring and um, I mean, I've not gone through that, but I just can imagine that would be one of the most painful things to have to go through. And another thing is uh, growing up in a situation where your mom and dad aren't together, um, or maybe, you know, you've seen various relationships in your family as you're growing up, and, you know, you you haven't seen maybe an example of family. Does it mean your parents are bad people? We're, we live in a broken world. But what I'm saying is God wants to reestablish the pattern of family in the earth. I can remember one person sticks out in my mind that came to the Lord many years ago. And um, her parents, um, she, they, they weren't together, but not only that, they, they've been with other people. And, and what they communicated with her, not upset at her whatsoever, but their expectation was she'd become pregnant, have children, and receive money from welfare. And that was sort of her vision for life. And I would just share with her over and over, you have to get a new vision of what God's intent is and how things are supposed to work. You can have a great marriage. You can have a great husband and Things can go great. You can have children. You can be a family unit, unit that's committed to one another. You love one another. And it would be like she was, every time I would tell her those first you know, few times, it was like her eyes would almost get big. She'd be eating it up. We're like, really? I'm like, yes. She hadn't seen it anywhere. You know, I have to say, I'm very thankful. I grew up in a very intact family. You know, and I just, Thought that was everywhere. I grew up in a town of about 500 people. Everybody knew everybody, right? I mean, the, the world there is a different place. It was then anyway. But, um, but you know, people today, they don't have that example. And I just want to say, oh, I, this new young generation needs a vision that's different than what we offer them today. Different than what you see on television. Different than what's on the movies. Where you hold yourself sexually pure until you get married you're preserving yourself for your marriage partner but not only that it's part of you keeping yourself intact and not giving yourself away and connecting the bible says when you have a sexual union with union with someone you're actually becoming one with them there's a spiritual something happening there god's like i want you to live pure just just pull away from that and wait till you get married and then when you get married be committed to that man or that woman. That, that's your call. That, that's so special, right? And people need to have that vision today. And I, I just, I wanted to share that because there's such a lack in that today. But getting back to this other thing, we were talking earlier about open doors, right? I, don't, I want to just mention here, as I, I guess I'll close on this point, but don't ever judge where you are about where somebody else is. Okay, think about this. Zacharias is an old man. And he's finally getting what he's been asking God for. Mary is 14. 
And she's probably not been asking to be the mother of the Savior. Somebody else has prayed, and she's getting the blessing because of others praying. Now, she was righteous. She was living right, definitely. The Bible says, you know, um, live a certain way that you can be an honorable vessel for special occasions. Elizabeth and Zacharias were definitely doing that. Mary was definitely doing that. They were, God brought them into something. But I'm just saying, look how everything is different. Zacharias, wonderful season, came in his old age when it looked like it was too late. Some, for some people, it looks like their miracle comes when it's too late. Their open doors come. It looks like it's too late. God's not too late. And there's other people, it looks like they got their blessings too early. You ever look around and go, how in the world did God bless them so early, so fast? God just is going to do what God wants to do. And everybody has their season when God's going to bring them into the thing at the higher level that God's called them to. Amen. But let me say this. A lot of times what happens is those things culminate at the same time. That's so neat. God ends up bringing so many people into a new place at the same time because he does things in waves or movements or God pours out at a time. Timing timing is so important to God and there's so many things that he's timed in the earth and he has aligned your life with the bigger picture of what he's doing in this earth, right? And your timing and what God brings you into is going to be connected to something much bigger in the earth and your little amazing thing that you're a part of is a part of a bigger picture. Mary's going, oh, I mean, she wasn't excited probably for a while. But then she started thinking about it, and there's a, probably a part of her going, it's exciting. There's a, probably a part of her going, oh, no, look at all I'm going to have to go through. How am I going to tell my parents? How am I going to have to tell Joseph? Oh, this is crazy. Who's going to you know? So there's probably going from that to a place of excitement, right? But you see, they're, you know, they have, it's their own life, right? But can you see, it wasn't about them. It was a bigger picture. Do y'all see that? Your life's not about you, just you. It's about you. It's an exciting thing to be a part of whatever God brings you into. Whether it's an amazing business for provision, it's not just about you. Are y'all with me? The person that just wants their life just about themselves, could you imagine if Mary had gone, this is just for me. This Messiah is just for me. I'm going to worship him. I'm going to enjoy this. And I don't, it's for me. That's the craziest thing, isn't it? Right. And that's the way we are with our lives. We want our blessing. We want our God's like, no, 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 you're, you, you, you don't even understand kingdom yet. What you're called to do isn't about you. It's about others. Mary, birth and the Savior. Is it about her? No, she's serving the Lord and she's serving everybody else for that. Right. Same thing with Zacharias and. Anyway, and, and what God's doing, as I mentioned, God does things at certain times. He's getting ready to move. It's been quiet for years, decades, centuries. It looks like for 400 years, God has hardly done anything. And all of a sudden, boom, things begin to happen. And, and that's why you've got the old and the young blessed at the same time, because God's 
fulfilling people and bringing them into their call, into what he's purposed in their hearts, into what he's put in their hearts for some of them to do. Why? Because of something he's getting ready to do. Amen? And I just want to finish with this thought. Can you not tell those of you that have been connected with the Lord for a while, God's getting ready to do something? And he's getting ready to bring things together, things that people have been praying for years and years. He's going to begin to answer prayers. He's going to begin to promote people. He's, he's already started beginning to put people in the right place. And when it happens, it's going to be amazing. There are going to be young people just coming to the Lord, young, that their hearts are right and they're fully committed to the Lord. Watch how God uses them. Other older people that have been around a long time ago, wow, I wish God had done that with me when I was that age, right? And older people that have been dreaming their dreams for so long, they're going to go, wow, look, this is what it was all about. This is what I was praying for. God's bringing it together right now. It's going to be an amazing season. Can you not sit this in front of us? It's even beginning. I can tell if y'all are in deep thought or where you are. But I just believe that's where we are right now. God's got something amazing for us. Amen. 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 Would you just stand to attention, so to speak, before the Lord? Father, we just want to thank you, Lord. We thank you, first of all, for Christ. Thank you for sending your Son into the earth. Lord, again, it's to think you became one of us is amazing and what you did. But Lord, we want to thank you for all the lessons in this story. Oh God, because just like in that day, it's the time of God preparing for something new he's getting ready to do. He's bringing together young and old. He's calling new people into the kingdom. He's calling new people to run with God. And he's, he's fulfilling dreams of the older ones. He's, he's bringing together everything for this amazing like harvest and outpouring and blessing. Lord, we ask right now, we know the enemy would try to come in. We know what he tries to do to divide and conquer. He tries to, to discourage. He tries to bring fear, lies. Um, but Lord, we just thank you. No negative words are going to come out of our mouth. We live in victory. We're expecting. And God, as you do things, our words are not going to be, oh, no, that can't happen. No, no, no. Lord, we just say, here we are ready. And God, if it requires a sacrifice like what Mary did, Lord, we just say, God, here we are, your servants. Oh, and we're just so honored to be a part of anything you want to do. God, raise us all up. Cause our dreams to come to fruition. Those things you've placed in us. We know today, as of today, God, it's not just about us. There's a bigger picture. Our lives are not just about us. There's a bigger picture. And God, we want to see that too. Help us, Father, to serve others and be a blessing, we pray now. In Jesus' name, amen.